At this time, I am uh, overjoyed to introduce our speaker, Renee Wilson, today. Renee comes from the Stuartville Church, Stuartville United Methodist Church. She is a certified lay speaker in the United Methodist Church, and she's preached for us before, if I recall, and she's going to share the message again today. So let's uh, give her a warm homestead welcome, please. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Good morning. It is always so much fun for me to have an invitation to come back and see you because I'm seeing familiar faces, and it's the opportunity for me to reconnect with some of you, and this is the only time I get to see you. Our second scripture today is from Matthew, and it's the third chapter, and it's the story of Jesus' baptism. It's it's verses 13, 17. You'd like to read it together. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. Jesus had been baptized. Just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Today is the first Sunday after January 6th. Now, until I began preparing for our time together today, I had no idea the significance of the first Sunday after January 6th. I did not know that this first Sunday after January 6th is a significant day in our Christian history. As early as the third century, Christians in the East celebrated January 6th as the date of Jesus' baptism. In that time, the celebration joined Easter and Pentecost as one of the three most significant festivals of the Christian year. In the West, we now celebrate Jesus' baptism on the first Sunday after January 6th. And that's today. Today we celebrate Jesus' baptism by his cousin John, known as John the Baptizer. Gospel scripture tells us, as we just heard, Jesus presents himself to John on the shores of the Jordan and says, I want you to baptize me. And in essence, John says, say what? I should be coming to you to be baptized. And Jesus says, no, I need you to baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. Now, as I pursued this topic further, I learned that there's a lot of detail that goes along with why this is so significant. So today, what I wanted to share with you, a little bit more detail about who was John the Baptist and what we can learn from him as we move forward in our new year, 2020. 
So I want to share with you what I've learned, and I want to start with these two questions. Who was John the Baptist, and why did Jesus go to him to be baptized? First, as we know, John was Jesus' cousin. Remember the story of Elizabeth and Zacharias? They were John the Baptist's parents. And the Gospel Luke, first chapter, verses 5 through 25, tells us this story. Zacharias was a priest in the days of Herod. He was performing his priestly services in the temple, burning incense, and people were gathered outside the temple praying. Gabriel, an angel of the Lord, appeared to him, and Zacharias was filled with fear. But the angel told him, don't be afraid. I'm here just to pass on some pretty important information to you. He told him that his wife Elizabeth was going to be pregnant with a son. And that when that son was born, he was to name him John. He told Zacharias that this son would turn many of the people of Israel back to the Lord and he would be the forerunner to make people ready for the coming of the Lord. Now, Zacharias took all this in, but he was really doubtful, and he asked the angel how he would know if this was all really true. Gabriel said he had been sent by God to tell Zacharias all this, and that he, Zacharias, would be silent, that he would not speak, again, until the day these events took place. Zacharias was just a little bit curious, and he finished his priestly duties within the temple, and he went out into the courtyard, and lo and behold, he couldn't say a word. It was at that time that the people in the courtyard realized that the reason Zacharias had been in the temple was for so long was that he had had a vision. Zacharias finished everything he needed to do there in the courtyard, and he returned home. A couple of reasons Zacharias had so much trouble believing what the angel Gabriel had told him. Probably the most significant was that he and his wife were quite elderly. They'd been together a long time, and they'd never had children, so why on earth would he think that this was going to happen now? But Elizabeth did become pregnant, and she bore the son that they named John. Now, this part of the story is a little more familiar. While she was carrying John, their cousin Mary came to visit. Mary came to visit her cousin Elizabeth because this was a time in her life when she was experiencing a lot of distress. It was a time when she had learned that she was pregnant, that she was to carry the Son of Man, and she was not married, and she was betrothed to Joseph. But there were all sorts of problems facing her at this time in her young life, and she went to her cousin Elizabeth's home for solace. We have a sense that Elizabeth understood what Mary was experiencing and was able to provide her with the support she needed at this time. Elizabeth and Zachariah's son, named John, was born to lead the way for Jesus. At the time of his birth, his father, Zacharias, was again able to speak. 
and recorded in the Gospel Luke, the first chapter, are his words. And these are the prophecies that Zacharias presented about his son. He said, In you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Now, John is a young boy, spent time with his mom and dad, but as we got into his formative years, he moved into the desert, and he was an interesting character. And I think we're all aware of the pictures we've seen and the stories we've heard about John the Baptist. Pretty strong-willed character, dressed in camel hair, had a belt of leather around his waist, and his main foods were locusts and honey. And he lived in the desert, When Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, the word of God came to John. And he followed the direction given to him by the Lord, and he went into the country surrounding the River Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John was pretty hard on the people, and he called it like he saw it. He spoke using the metaphor The axe is at the root of the tree, and that whichever tree does not bear fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. John commanded folks to share what they had with the less fortunate, to stop their selfish, sinful ways, to repent, to confess their sins and be baptized. Then their sins would be forgiven and salvation would be theirs. John emphasized that he baptized them with water to cleanse away their sins. But another was coming, who would baptize them with the Holy Spirit and fire, someone who is much more powerful than he, John the Baptist, someone whose sandals he is not fit to carry. John baptized people as a sign that they had come forward to confess their sins. They pledged to live a life of forgiveness of others, a life of generosity. The baptism by water was the sign, the outward sign of their commitment. To be effective, this baptism had to be accompanied by this inward change of attitude leading to a changed life. John, who baptized with water, said that John would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And this was a prediction of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit would be sent by Jesus in the form of tongues of fire, empowering his followers to travel far and wide, preaching the gospel, the beginning of our church as we know it today. Because of John's works, his behaviors, his travels, his words, there were people wondering if John was actually the Messiah. There hadn't been a prophet in Israel for more than 400 years, and the people were ready and expectant. So when Jesus came to John, as described in today's scripture, John says, why would you come to me to be baptized? I should come to you for baptism. But as we know, Jesus said, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. 
He was saying that for John to baptize him was to fulfill the scripture. It was to fulfill God's mission. Once Jesus said this, it was at that time, then John baptized him. And to, to confirm that everything Jesus was saying was true, as he was baptized by immersion and came up out of the Jordan, the heavens opened and the Spirit of God in the form of a dove descended, landed on his shoulder, and a voice from the heavens said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. So here we are in 2020, and we look at this, and we think, why did the perfect Son of God choose to be baptized? John was preaching repentance and baptism for forgiveness of sins. Jesus was the perfect Son. He was sin-free. So why did Jesus come to John to be baptized? And I suggest this morning the answer has three parts. The first Jesus sought to make clear his connection with John the Baptist. John had been saying, there's someone coming who's greater than I am. To John the Baptist was baptized, and he solidified the connection with John. And this is all described in the third chapter of Matthew. The second, Jesus' baptism connected him to the humanity that was Jesus. It connected him to our humanity. Though he was without sin, he took on the form of a man and he identified with human experiences. This included his experience of being baptized, a practice he later commanded for all of us who are his followers. It's an ex- it was an example of what he expected his believers to follow. And third, the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist had great theological significance because if you think in that moment when Jesus came out of the water, there was the Father, there was the Son, and there was the Holy Spirit. Now it was following his baptism then that he went into the desert for those 40 days and 40 nights and continuously was tempted by the devil. And at the time he overcame all that evil, he then went into the world and started his ministry at the age of 30 years. So we know from the scripture that John the Baptist was sent to pave the way for Jesus. John is described as a transitional figure, creating the link between the Old Testaments and the New. As we celebrate this story today, I think there's at least three lessons we can take forward in 2020. Lesson number one, take our lead from John. Shine the light on Jesus. John the Baptist was given life to pave the way for Jesus. There were those who'd gather at the Jordan, and they thought John was the Messiah they were waiting for. But John said, no, it's not me. There is someone yet to come who is the Savior you are looking for. John shone the light on Jesus. He put the emphasis on Jesus and the work he was to do. Never did John take credit for work he was doing. Never 
did he point the light at himself. He spread the word to glorify Jesus, not himself. He always put the emphasis on Jesus, and he lived his life to lead the way for Jesus' work and for Jesus' purpose. And isn't that what we're expected to do? John prepared the way for Jesus, and as we are commanded just before Jesus' ascension, as written in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, we are told, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This is the Great Commission, given to all believers to take the message of Jesus Christ into the world. John prepared the way for the work of Jesus, and we are expected to take this work forward. We are expected to shine the light on Jesus and his work, to bring what we know to be true to folks who have yet to meet him. We are to live our lives showing kindness, generosity, caring and love, not because these behaviors reflect on us, but because they reflect on Jesus and the way of life he would have us live. This is what he expects of us. Our behaviors shine the light on Jesus and his teachings. Lesson number two. Remember that John lived in a violent time. He was eventually jailed and beheaded, put to death at the hands of sinful Herod. His life wasn't an easy one, but he never lost sight of his purpose. So for us, despite our difficult times, we need to do what John did, and that is never lose sight of the message This earthly life isn't easy. The challenges we face, the losses we experience, our failures despite our best efforts are many of the things that can be overwhelming. But it's at these times that we need Jesus most. It's at these times that we need to make sure our communication with him and our awareness of his presence in our lives is unwavering. That's how we get through these times. We shine the light on him and not on the trials of this life that challenge us. And lesson number three, we need to keep our batteries charged. So the light we are shining on Jesus will not grow dim. So what exactly does that mean? It means we stay connected to Jesus. We talk to him. We find a few minutes in our busy day to talk with him, to ask for his guidance, and then find a little bit more time to listen for his response. And it means we take care of ourselves. We rest. 
we stay connected with each other. Living as Jesus lived means staying in touch with each other. It means taking care of ourselves, but it also means we need to be alert when we need to be taking care of each other. And it means letting others take care of us when we need them. Jesus had times in his life when he sought solitude, but he always returned to his disciples and to his people. Jesus didn't live in isolation. John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus to come into the lives of those who were yet to meet him. We are challenged through our love, through our caring, through our sharing, to do the same. I close this morning with this. John the Baptist paved the way for the Savior who would be God as a man in human form, come to save both you and me. John was born to be the link between the Testaments old and new. He focused on the sins of man and what they needed to do to be free of the burdens caused by sin, by repentance and baptism to bring life anew. John the Baptist did what Jesus asked. He baptized him to show. Jesus was human, he was God's son, and this is how we know the light John shone on Jesus gives us direction how to be. The disciples Jesus commissioned for all the world to see. Amen.